Hey, welcome to the Backyard Professor live session. I thought I would put together a special Saturday afternoon, early evening live session because I have so much information to cover on this science versus Mormonism or evolution or geology or cosmology. It really doesn't matter. There just seems to be friction in so much of scientific discoveries versing Mormon revelations from the creator of the universe that it is a topic that is just fundamentally fantastically interesting to me. So I do have uh, more and more sessions I want to share on this fascinating topic with science versus Mormonism, uh, science versus religion, however you want to uh, discuss it, understand it, etc. Uh, I will be doing my Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Uh, Sunday school, where I will continue this topic, and I will have tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, the Backyard Professor Firesides, where I will try to wrap up this topic that is in so many parts uh, because it's such a broad, fabulous topic. Hey, everybody, Mark Crispin. Yeah, baby. You're the first one, baby. Yeah, baby. Hey, we're getting Backyard Professor t-shirts with that on it. Uh, I do believe we're going to have them available here in just a little while. So I know RFM is working on it, so that's kind of cool. Hey, Lorena, good to see you here. Good afternoon. Yes. I'm, I'm doing this uh, Saturday afternoon session for for science versus Mormonism, because it is such a gigantic topic. And it was one of the requests. Basically, the request, I believe, was how do the Mormons deal with the pre-hominid DNA? And I discussed that in my very first one. And now here I am down the road, several sessions, and I'm still going on. But what I want to do in this session, which is going to be very helpful, is we are going, I asked uh, a couple of times ago if there was any interest in the discussions behind the scenes, behind closed doors with the brethren talking to each other about the various views that were coming up with geology and with evolution and with cosmology, how science appeared to be moving forward, and it was leaving revelation in Mormonism behind. And now, another reason why this topic really, truly, sincerely interests me is for the simple reason that, and I suspect a lot of you in my audience were also raised with this theme that the brethren have never disagreed. I mean, when they receive a revelation from Jesus, then, of course, everybody agrees, and they now know what they have to do to further the glorious work of the kingdom and produce the marvelous work and wonder of converting the entire world, thus fulfilling the prophecy of Daniel's rough stone rolling and filling the whole mountaintop, which is the gospel of Mormonism converting the entire world. Now, I was raised with that belief. The brethren never argued. They didn't have to because they were so powerfully, spiritually, intellectually unified in their minds that there were no arguments. They all understood the will and word of the Lord. The Lord continually enlightened them on all of the issues, the problems, their lack of knowledge, their contradictory understandings. Jesus straightened them out, and thus they were a unified whole, presenting the simple gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. That was Mormonism throughout my upbringing, all the way through my mission. And that is the Mormonism I was teaching on my mission as well. So it comes as a cruel surprise, an almost unbelievably shocking uh, reality that the brethren have not been totally unified, that the brethren have argued behind closed doors, and they have shut each other down. They have not cooperated. They fought each other. They stabbed each other's back, which is what I will show you today 
I have the information in this magnificent collection, The Search for Harmony. You must get this if this topic is interesting to you. Science versus Mormonism. Chapter 6 by Richard Sherlock and Jeffrey E. Keller. The B.H. Roberts slash Joseph Fielding Smith slash James E. Talmage affair. They did not like each other, and their families became involved, as we shall see. Sterling Talmadge, James E. Talmadge's son, had to constantly tell Joseph Fielding Smith to stop misrepresenting his father, James E. Talmadge. They actually ended up enemies, for lack of a better word. Uh, this was electrifying to me to discover how offbeat the brethren have been with each other and how arrogant and condescending and backbiting and stabbing each other in the back. Joseph Fielding Smith being the major culprit of this inane ridiculousness. And he became the prophet. Now, look, <clears throat> I am not trying to blaspheme, but the fact that Joseph Fielding Smith was chosen by Jesus Christ to be the prophet of his church almost demonstrates to me that even God can make mistakes, because he was the worst thing that happened to the church from a leader's perspective up to his time, unless, of course, he didn't like Brigham Young or Wilford Woodruff or <laughs> any of the other successors, but really, Joseph Fielding Smith, this was the man, Joseph Fielding Smith, the supposed smartest one in the church, because of course, he had daily discourse with Jesus, and so he knew the whole issues. He understood all of the information. He was well-versed in how the cosmos was run, etc. This is the ninny who said that God would never allow man to be on the moon because man's place is on the earth. And then within a couple of years after him making that supposed prophecy, that at least that dumb uninformed, ignoramus statement, we landed on the moon, 1969. You would have thought that the dingling would have learned better than that, but he's also the idiot that hid the <laughs> Joseph Smith first vision uh, story when it came out, another version. He locked it in the vault because, of course, he already knew how Joseph Smith and his first vision went. We don't need any contradictory stories, and so he hid it for decades. Now, this is the kind of man you can't help but bend over and kick his butt. Is it any wonder Mormonism is mocked when this kind of ridiculousness does show up? It's my job because this is public information. This is not to disparage truth. This is to come to the truth. And sometimes it gets ugly. The truth is not always a beautiful thing, especially when it's hidden because it's so ugly. And this is one of the defects in Mormon hierarchical authority and power that has occurred for far too long. They just are attempting to hide their ignorance. It will always come out. And then we see how really ignorant of just basic science that so many of these guys are and it's no wonder you can't have faith in them. We are not supposed to have faith in them anyway, that they're actually teaching that, that they actually bring up the theme that, oh, no, you don't criticize the brethren. You're not allowed to criticize the brethren, even if you're right, which I say bunk. Uh, if you don't want to be criticized, then stop doing stupid shit. Stop saying stupid shit, and then we won't have a chance to criticize you. It's that simple. You are held to a higher standard for the simple reason that you're claiming that 
higher standard of knowledge and truth from the creator of it all, you obviously should never be making the ignorant mistakes of reality of the earth as Joseph Fielding Smith did. Now, B.H. Roberts and James E. Talmadge did not make these errors. They were the much better informed gentlemen. So this is what is important to put so that we can get rid of the faith-promoting mythology, the brainwash, I will put it. And it is unfortunate that that is the course the brethren choose to do. And that's what makes the rest of us sit up and take notice and say, if you don't straighten out, I'm not setting foot in your churches again. Because this is uncalled for. It is entirely unnecessary for a very simple reason. They want to present an image. And it is a blatantly false image. And that's what I take exception to. Truly. So let's see who all's here. Lorena, good. Mark. Good to see. Oh, you two are having it out, man. The author of this book is, uh, it's edited by Gene A. Sessions and Craig Oberg. Craig J. Oberg. The Search for Harmony. It's edited, it's produced by Signature Books. It's 1993. You can get it online. I'm quite certain it is a book you will want to read. It is the best overarching contextualization of science versus Mormonism I have read anywhere. It's really good. Oh, Scott, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, constructive criticism. This is what I'm attempting to try. Scott's got that. Yeah. And sometimes I go overboard. Sometimes I call them way too many names. But when an idiot is an idiot, then I'm not going to call him a genius. Joseph Fielding Smith was absolutely idiotic, not only in his systematic stopping of B.H. Roberts and James Talmadge from producing excellent knowledge for the youth of the church, but in his absolutely idiotic arguing and pure hypocrisy of telling people, do not follow the philosophies of man mingled with scripture. And then that's exactly what Joseph Fielding Smith did. He followed George McCready Price's geology, which as you will see, James E. Talmadge utterly mocked because Price was a dodo. Jeff Holland, anyone? Yeah, we're talking that caliber of dodo. Sincerely. And Talmadge knew it. Now, Joseph Fielding Smith didn't because he liked what Price said about a young earth, 6,000 years, and how evolution was Satan's plan. And so that was the criteria. We're talking ding-a-ling. And I know that's ad hominem, but let's see his arguments his arguments were trashed by B.H. Roberts and Sterling Talmadge and James E. Talmadge. So, and hey, Patty Kate, good to see you. Mr. Natural, good to see you, my friend. Patty Kate, good to see you, my dear friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. We are getting going. Okay, let's, uh, let's get on with this. And it was B.H. Roberts' effort to publish his Truth, The Way, The Life, which finally has been published. And I have it right here. B.H. Roberts, the, the Truth, The Way, The Life, an elementary treatise of theology, which Roberts himself said was the most important work that he had ever done, including his six-volume history of the church. This one was more valuable to him. And yet Joseph Fielding Smith did not like one or two of the things he said. And so he said, throw it all out. He is such a narrow-minded bigot that, I mean, man, what a dolt. So 
This is the text that caused all the problems. And it was because B.H. Roberts, in his scientific prowess, recognized that there was a direct contradiction in the science of evolution and the age of the human bone fossils that were being found and the ridiculously stupid and unsupportable literal reading of the scripture of a 6,000-year-old earth. He knew if Adam lived 6,000 years ago, then the theology can't hold because the bones of humankind go way back, hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions of years earlier, and they came out of Africa, not at Adam on Diamond in Missouri. And Joseph Fielding Smith didn't like how that contradicted the doctrine, so he simply lamely labeled it the philosophy of men and ignored it. And they have all the evidence. To this day, I might add, it's gotten stronger, <laughs> right? So that is what caused the problem. And the problem was to account for this, the, the animals living long, death before the fall, obviously, because they have so many millions of evidences in the fossils. And that has increased today of organisms who lived hundreds of millions of years ago, who lived, died and we have their fossils. Well, Joseph Fielding Smith, in his superior religious knowledge, knew better, and so he poo-pooed all that. Did I say idiot? I know, that's ad hominem, but wow. And then he picks a Seventh-day Adventist geologist scientific creationist to defend his LDS doctrine instead of using Revelation. I mean, el stupido. We're talking a stupid. We're talking below the level of what you can even call intelligence, ma'am. It's astonishing how idiotic his whole approach to this was. <laughs> and yet the first presidency did not stop him. Grant. Did not stop it. B.H. Roberts was livid with Joseph Fielding Smith. And that brought in James E. Talmadge. And James E. Talmadge had an argument that I will share with you tonight. And he wouldn't follow even after Talmadge. He ended up backstabbing them both. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Utterly amazing. So, hey, Debbie Joe, welcome. Awesome. All right, so, and the trick is, what started it off is Roberts, in his intellectual prowess in the truth, the way, the life, and obviously he had been studying the scientists as well as the historians, he knew he could not reconcile the literal theology in Mormonism with the science. He knew it. He was astute enough to recognize that. Of the two, there is no question in my mind I will always pick B.H. Roberts instead of Joseph Fielding Smith. Of the two, there is no question in my mind I will always pick James E. Talmadge to read if I choose to instead of Joseph Fielding Smith. His legacy is no credibility. So you're a waste of time. Oh, you had an important office? I don't give a flying flip what office you held. That doesn't impress me. It's your knowledge and the ridiculously idiotic way that Joseph Fielding Smith presented that knowledge that convinced me I don't have to waste my time with this idiot. 
or his books or his arguments. I don't even give a damn if he gave me a thus saith the Lord. Who cares? <laughs> That's how low his credibility is with me, right? And you never see him quoted anymore these days in any actual real good studies. Of course not. Unless, of course, it's to do what I'm doing to put him in context, which is at the lowest bottom underneath the mud, the muck, and the crap in the barrel of credibility. So now that I've ranted and raved, let's get on with it. When Roberts turned in his uh, Truth, the Way, the Life, his elementary treatise on theology, the brethren had to, the brethren, they had to check it and they had to make sure it was pure and that it taught correct doctrines. And they nitpicked it and found 31 doctrinal errors, and most of them were absolutely inane. <laughs> you know, Joseph Fielding Smith got wind of this and he protested vehemently to the brethren. Now, of course, he was a Smith, so he used that leverage. Uh, to gain extra credibility and power. And it was a series of one-upmanship between Roberts, Talmadge, and Joseph Fielding Smith, with Joseph Fielding Smith pushing that line, as I will show you. So it offended Roberts. He tried, he stuck with his guns. They said, look, if you will make these changes and if you will take out the pre-Adamites, then we will sponsor this book as a church. We will we will help you publish and all. But And Roberts wouldn't change anything. He said, no, I did the research. I'm quoting these gentlemen correctly. This is accurate knowledge based on what we know at this time. I keep it all. And so they put off publishing it. And, and so... The problem is, as poor Joseph Fielding Smith realized, is the teachings appear to be in conflict with the revelations of the Lord. And B.H. Roberts said, I'm going to go publish this on my own if the church isn't going to sponsor it, right? So it's astonishing that he thought he had to have permission from the church to publish his own research brainwash anybody? Well, he was a member of the Quorum of the 70. I mean, he was an important church position. He was certainly popular with the youth. Can you imagine a scientist general authority today? When was the last time we saw a legitimate science general authority? All they are is a bunch of crooked businessmen, as far as that goes. They're just a they're just a bunch of money makers. They have no interest in truth and verifiability, etc. Hey, Geoplanet Jane, good to see you, dear. Yeah, welcome. Uh, looks like Golden Thrasher. Thank you for showing up, Mr. Natural. I've said hi to you already. Glad you could make it. I'm doing a special. Uh, yeah, thanks, haircut. Yeah. Yeah, well, now I look sillier than I've ever acted. <laughs> Woohoo. Okay. So, um, the problem is the teachings appeared to be in direct contradiction of the revelations. Well, that tells you the value of the revelations, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, seriously. Now, the remarkable thing is there are quite a few of the teachings of B.H. Roberts' book, The Truth, The Way, The Life, which have become outdated. And the interesting thing is it's the scientific materials that have become outdated, but the upgrading, updating, more excellent, more accurate, more realistic, truthful, contextual scientific materials still do not support the Mormon revelations. <laughs> so they didn't in 1928, and they don't in 2022 either, a hundred years later. In a hundred years, the poor Mormon revelations are still stuck in the barrel of incredulity while science has marched way on. So now many other authors are scrambling like crazy 
to try to accommodate the revelations to the church doctrines of science, with science, I should say. And the brethren are completely silent. These guys in Salt Lake City today, they do not have any scientific credibility whatsoever. Now, I don't either, but I am a science reader. That's 10 times more than all the brethren combined. They don't bother to look at it at all. So this guy, Stephen L. Peck, who is very good with evolving faith, understand, though, he is an accommodationist. It is the literalized interpretation of Scripture, which is giving way and being changed because they know science destroys testimony based on a literalized Scripture. A literalized historical scripture, they know science kills the revelatory power of faith. And so do these two fine gentlemen, Jeffrey Meldrum and Stephens, Trent D. Stephens, in the other really excellent book on evolution. I'm serious. Evolution and Mormonism, A Quest for Understanding. These two books are really good to get if, if this topic interests you. This was uh, Signature Books 2001. Uh, of the two, Peck, Peck is the more recent, I believe his is 2015, something like that. Ah, let me get this real quick. It's important to get context. Yes, 2015, Maxwell Institute. This was post-apologetics uh, of the most ridiculous kind uh, by Dan Peterson and Lou Midgley and those. Poor Matt Roper became a victim. So did John DeVetnis. Uh, the, the haters and the I, I don't know what to call them. I, I'm not sure why they act the way they act today online, but really the new Maxwell Institute uh, has done pretty good. This Stephen L. Peck product production is definitely a feather in their cap. So getting back on the topic. So, and here's what really started the bother is because Joseph Fielding Smith publicly attacked B.H. Roberts' materials in The Truth, The Way, The Life. In public, in an address, April 1830, to the Genealogical Conference, he went beyond the questioning of the council. In his mind, the issue was clear. Roberts was teaching false doctrine. Oh, horror! The doctrine must remain true. They don't even know their own doctrine. Every damn time a revelation shows up or every damn time the public gets pissed off enough against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we don't want to call them Mormon. That'll give Satan the victory as the current prophet testifies. That's why he says Jesus makes such a big whoop-de-doo about the name of the church, which is as inane as anything I've ever seen. But he says he teaches false doctrine. That's because Robert's science is too deep for Joseph Fielding Smith's brain to comprehend. So he assumed it taught false doctrine. What it did is it showed the falseness of a literal interpretation of the scripture. That's what B.H. Roberts did. And that's what pissed off the fundamentalist, literal-minded Joseph Fielding Smith. But he went public. This was not the first presidency's desire. They did not give him permission. Roberts went quiet. Roberts obeyed the brethren. Joseph Fielding Smith, in his snot-nosed child school kid attitude, went out there and bullied Roberts in public. Roberts then went back to President Grant and was vague vehemently pissed and said, this shit has got to stop. And it didn't. Because the brethren were too scared of Joseph Fielding Smith's authority as being in the family of Joseph Smith. So he got away with it. So he did it some more. <laughs> This is what brought in James E. Talmadge. 
because he could see what Joseph Fielding Smith was saying, and he didn't agree with him either, <laughs> which is fascinating. Yes, James E. Talmadge of Jesus the Christ fame, James E. Talmadge Articles of Faith. None of Joseph Fielding Smith's bullshit was allowed to be read by us on our missions, but James E. Talmadge was. B.H. Roberts should have been, but they didn't even have the truth the way the life published in 1979 yet when I went on there, when, when I went on my mission, the publication date of this book. Now, this is the one from the uh, edited by John Welch from the BYU studies. Uh, and then there is another copy. I don't know where my other copy went uh, from, uh, from uh, signature books. Yeah, this is 1994. This one was 1994, and I think the other one was 19, either 1994 or 1995. I can't remember which. Anyway, so we've got the truth away to life, and none of us nowadays read it anyway. So it's almost a <laughs> it's almost a, a letdown. So anyway, now it's got some good stuff in it, but I I confess I have not read it from cover to cover, uh, and I'm I. <sighs> Probably a bad thing to confess, but I really don't see me doing that either. Uh, and, and that's just the way it is. So anyway, oh, it looks like you guys. Oh, hey, Issa Morris, welcome. Greetings from North Carolina. Welcome, North Carolina. Glad you could make it. So uh, <laughs> I love B.H. Roberts' spirit in what he does here. This, I, I would have done the same damn thing. In fact, I do. My videos are proof of it. My live sessions are proof of it. I take the B.H. Roberts approach. And I, I'm serious. I do not hang my head when I say that. Listen to this. The real sticking point, of course, was the theory of pre-Adamites. So the sticking point with the first presidency was this pre-Adamites. The sticking point with poor Joey Smith, Fielding Smith, was these pre-Adamites. Because there was no death before the fall. So says the scripture. Quit believing the philosophy of men. Those bones dating to earlier times is fake. The scripture is literally true. That was Joseph Fielding Smith. What did B.H. Roberts do? Well, <laughs> oh, in a cover letter to the council, the reading committee noted that there were objectionable doctrines advanced which are of a speculative nature. Oh, horror! A speculative nature and appear to be out of harmony with the revelations of the Lord. No kidding, you think? <laughs> and the fundamental teachings of the church. Well, You'd think they'd figure this out, right? It's 2022, and they still don't figure it out. Well, among the outstanding doctrines to which the objection is made are the doctrine that Adam was a translated being who came to this earth subject to death and therefore did not bring death upon himself and his posterity through the fall. And then the committee further reported that they had met several times with B.H. Roberts to get him to delete offending chapters. He had refused, and this is so typical, Roberts. He added material referring to recent finds of prehistoric humans in China. <laughs> he said, hell no, not only am I not going to delete material, I'm going to add even more now. I've just found some new stuff here. Go, <laughs> oh, Brigham Roberts. Yeah, baby. Now that's a man. I can salute. Right. That's beautiful. <laughs> I laughed like crazy when I read that. So anyway, they, re, re, they reviewed the matter, causing consternation. And they said, well, you know, instead of all this ribald speculation, there's just so much of vital importance revealed that we ought to be focusing on, right? Well, then, uh, <laughs> later, one of the addresses of Joseph Fielding Smith was published. 
Oh, here's what Joseph Fielding Smith said. God, I even hate reading him. He's a duck out of water, man. Even in the church, there are a scattered few who are now advocating and contending that the earth was peopled with a race, perhaps many races, long before the days of Adam. These men desire, of course, to square the teachings in the Bible with the teachings of modern science and philosophy with regard to the age of the earth and life on it. If you hear anyone talking this way, you may answer them by saying that the doctrine of pre-Adamites is not a doctrine of the church and is not advocated or countenanced in the church. There is no warrant for it in scripture, nor an authentic word to sustain it. End of discussion. Or so he hoped. Well, this was printed <laughs> in the Utah Genealogical Historical Society. Roberts could not remain silent. In December, he again appealed to Heber J. Grant in a strongly worded letter. He objected to the strictly dogmatic and pronounced finality of the discussion. Now, there's Mormonism in a nutshell. You can't criticize the brethren, even if the criticism is true. So I, Holy Dallin H. Oaks, have spoken. Right? You can believe anything you want to believe, but you can't talk about it in this church. <laughs> you know, they don't want a discussion. They want to end it. Because, of course, they don't want to teach. They want to proclaim, right? And 99% of the proclamations are out of line with real knowledge. As we're all, all discovering absolutely daily. <laughs> really? I, I am not. I'm not exaggerating. I'm discovering this daily. And that's why I'm rushing out to try to share as much information with you as I can. I have two more extra videos in the making right now. And that is in addition to tomorrow's Sunday morning Sunday school session at 10 a.m., which I will continue discussing the science versus Mormonism, and tomorrow night's fireside at 6 p.m. So I'm going to have four more sessions of materials coming out this weekend because that's how much I'm discovering that these guys just are too dogmatic, you know. Dogmatism kills knowledge. Well, dogmatism is Mormonism. Once the Lord speaks, the thinking has been done. And he speaks through his prophet. Therefore, you can't argue. And then every time we find out that the actual knowledge evinced by the brethren really do appear to be man-made understood knowledge, which is grossly incomplete and within a few years is completely outdated. Therefore, we know it's not a revelation from him who knows all. And those guys in Salt Lake can't figure that out, which again shows they ain't all that enlightened now, are they? So anyway, boy, I'm getting on some diatribe side notes. I know there's people who don't like that. I apologize, but I'll get over it. So, so you. Let's go on with this fantastically interesting thing. If Smith had been thinking for the church, this fact should have been stated clearly. In the likely event he was speaking only for himself, here's what Robert said. If Elder Smith is merely putting forth his own position, I call in question his competency to utter such dogmatism, either as a scholar or as an apostle. Whoa. <laughs> Those are fighting words, Brigham. <laughs> I am sure he is not competent to speak in such a manner from general learning or special research work on the subject, nor as an apostle 
as in that case, he would be in conflict with the plain implications of the scriptures, both ancient and modern, and with the teachings of more experienced and learned and earlier apostle and a contemporary of the prophet Joseph Smith, whose public discourse on the subject appears in the Journal of Discourses and was publicly endorsed by President Brigham Young, all of which would have more weight in setting forth doctrine than this last dictum of Elder Smith. My question is important as affecting finally the faith and status of a very large portion of the priesthood and educated membership of the church. I am sure and I trust this matter will receive early attention. We are talking bitch slap that boy into the middle of next year. <laughs> Roberts just massacred Joseph Fielding Smith here. Fantastic. Totally incompetent is what Roberts called him. He just said it in a long roundabout nice way, even though he wasn't very nice. Yeah. So then Grant called forth the council again and said, look, I've got this letter from BH and he's really not happy. And uh, so what in the hell are we going to do? They called in Roberts. He makes a presentation again to the brethren. And a copy was given and Joseph Fielding Smith appeared with his own lengthy paper and response. His was the defense of scriptural literalism. The Latter-day Saints are not bound to receive the theories of men when they do not accord with the word of the Lord to them. And yet Joseph Smith taught, learn everything you can out of the best of books. And Brigham Young taught, we don't care where truth comes from, we're going to take it. As if the theories of men held no truth. Notice the stupid, ignorant assumption of Joseph Fielding Smith. Only the scriptures and revelations contain truth. No one else can give us any kind, any truth of any kind. And yet that hypocrite utilized television to spread his tripe. But it wasn't scripture or revelation that taught them how to build TV, but they damn sure used it. And it's all based on theories of men about physics and electricity and electromagnetism. Yeah, yeah. Are you starting to get the hypocrisy sense here? Yeah. Anti-science bigot is the best nicest description I can give of that man. What Roberts was preaching was not just erroneous. He was compromising with satanic forces. Oh, God bore me to death, will you, Joseph, buddy? The doctrine of organic evolution, which pervade the modern-day sciences, proclaiming the edict that man has evolved from the lower forms of life through the Java skull, the Heidelberg jaw, the Piltdown man, the Neanderthal skull, and last but not least, the Peking man, who lived millions of years ago, is as false as their author who lives in hell. Wow. Are you convinced? Yeah, I didn't think so. Neither am I. I mean, what a strutting poppycock he was, right? <laughs> to Smith, Robert's view was dangerous because he was willing to depart from the most literal reading of the first chapter of Genesis. And that's what upset Smith because he literally read it. And of course, like his son-in-law, Bruce, Neither one of these guys even bothered to learn the Hebrew and Greek of it. No, we have revelation that is grander than the language theories of man. I, we are talking narrower than a hundred millionth of a billionth of a centimeter wide in this man's intellect. Seriously. What a twit. And yet he got the upper hand because he was a smith. And he utilized that. Yeah, that was his leverage. At least until he died, now all of us have the last laugh. B.H. Roberts is still red. James E. Talmadge is still red. Uh, I don't know very many people who still read Joseph Fielding Smith. 
And if they do, it is certainly their loss. So, so and then uh, <laughs> they said that Robert's language was very offensive and failing to show the deference due from one brother to another brother of higher rank in the priesthood. You see, that's all they gave a damn about. It's never about truth. It's always about authority. I am the higher brother. Therefore, what I say is true. And you, little quizzling, will follow me. Because I am greater. That's all they give a flying flip about. It's not about the truth. Roberts, being the only man there, besides Talmadge, was trying to get to the truth. But all they care about is authority. It's never changed to today. That's all they give a damn about. That and now money. So I lied. See, now they care about authority and money. Truth hasn't entered their schools for decades, as far as I can tell. And we'll see more evidence of that when General Conference shows up here in a couple of weeks, of which I will be making some videos and comments about. Absolutely. So, hey, Gail Capson, good to see you, dear. Glad you're here. Oh, Richard Peckjack, good to see you. Yes, good. Debbie Joe's here. Yeah, Patty Cake's here. Mark's here. You're all here. Geoplanet Jane, you're here. Oh, I love it. Scott, you're still here. Awesome, man. Good grouping, good grouping. Well, anyway, so the uh, the brethren, after another argument between B.H. Roberts and Joseph Hilding Smith, the first presidency were pulling their hair out, and they finally said, done, no more. Both of you, shut up, no more. No more public discussion. No more arguing. No more refuting each other. You're going to confuse the church and cause testimonies harm. Stop it now. And while B.H. Roberts deferred, Joseph Fielding Smith pressed on. That's why Talmadge jumped into this if I remember reading this right. Anyway, Talmadge does get into this. Now, yeah, concern yourselves instead with the simple truths of the gospel. Quit worrying about all this deep, heavy stuff. Leave the geology, the biology, the archaeology, and the anthropology to the sciences. We teach the simple baby truths. That's my paraphrase. You see, this began the anti-intellectual push in the church, and they have not recovered from this yet, not in 2022. Like I've said, they're going to go to inbred scholarship by only hiring new BYU professors through their own brainwashing in the church education system. They're not even going to bring anybody out from any outside university with a PhD at all of any kind. So again, they're tripling down to remain abjectly ignorant. And that's their choice. That's why I'm not going to be an apologist. Never again. <clears throat> well, they say never say never, but trust me, I'm not going to be their apologist. So anyway, Talmadge came through. Now, now here is something that I really wanted to correct or get to. Yeah, Talmadge was concerned when Joseph Fielding Smith wrote his Man, Origin, and Destiny, almost as it were, as a church book. And what Talmadge's view in the 1931 discussions in the Quorum were presumably sympathetic to much of the spirit of Robert's effort. Uh, what is known is revealing, however, Talmadge was upset by Smith's use of George McCready Price as an authority in geology. Price was professor of geology at a small parochial college in the Midwest and author of many books purporting to vindicate Orthodox Christians. Now notice this. He's not vindicating Mormonism. He's or, he is vindicating the apostates in Christianity. And this is who Joseph Fielding Smith followed after. Not because he taught true doctrine, 
but because he fought against science. And Joseph Fielding Smith used him. Amazing. He wanted to expose the weaknesses of scientific theory. After a core meeting in which Smith quoted extensively from Price's book, Talmadge prepared himself more for the debate. He wrote to his eldest son, Sterling, and Sterling was a professor of geology at the New Mexico School of Mines. The younger Talmadge pointed out a number of technical errors in Price's book, and he said, this book is considered a joke among theologists. Price is a theological fanatic. There's Joseph Fielding Smith, the Mormon side of that. He has gone off on a tangent that most geologists seem to find funny. I've never heard his book discussed without comedy being dragged in, etc., etc. All of Price's arguments, in principle at least, were advanced and refuted a hundred years ago. He's already been refuted. And yet Joseph Fielding Smith likes what he says about the scripture, so he uses him. <laughs> oh, and I, I'm supposed to be convinced that Joseph Fielding Smith is inspired by Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. You know what? I've got seaside property in Montana I can sell to you real cheap. And you can go surfing every day. If you'll get a hold of me, I'll sell you 800,000 acres of seashore property in Montana in the United States. Come and get it. Any of you uh, people who want it. That's how utterly naive Joseph Fielding Smith was. Well, B.H. Roberts is just dealing with the theories of men. And then what's he do? He picks up one of the dumbest Christian geologists' theories, and he uses them. Wow. Idiots do as idiots do, you know? Wow. So, now, this was the best argument that Talmadge gave Joseph Fielding Smith. He said, oh, you don't believe there was life before the fall of Adam, huh? He said, well, as it happens, I personally have visited the altar of Adam, which the prophet Joseph Smith, none else, testified that Adam built, put it in Jackson County, Missouri, because that is where Adam on Diamond is. And I have a piece of that altar, and it has fossils in it, proving that ancient animals lived and died. And Joseph Smith said, Joseph Fielding Smith said, la, 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 la. He completely closed his already pea-sized brain. He just didn't believe it. He wouldn't listen to Talmud at all. And this man became the prophet of Mormonism from Jesus. Uh, you know, I've got proof Jesus made a mistake. God can make mistakes. Joseph Fielding Smith's my evidence. I'm actually stone cold serious. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? That's how loopy this Mormonism stuff gets, right? <laughs> it is just amazing. So anyway, moving on. Well, essentially, I mean, there's so many details. The truth, the way the life would be the climax of the doctrinal department of my work. And he really wanted it published and they wouldn't publish it. And so... Now, what bothered Talmadge, both Sterling and James and B.H. Roberts, was that they inferred from Elder Smith's address that the church refuses to recognize the findings of science. The church itself, in not denouncing Joseph Fielding Smith, but holding off B.H. Roberts, is showing that they don't respect science. And so Talmadge was afraid that that wouldn't be a good position to be viewed by from the public sector guys 
you're you're in between a rock and a hard place. And unfortunately, this rock is millions of years old, un, unbeknown to Joseph Fielding Smith. So you can't become anti-science just to maintain a stupidly wooden literal teachings of the scripture. And yet that's what they did. <laughs> wow. And Joseph Fielding Smith kept going off on rampages, teaching his true doctrine. <laughs> that had absolutely no scientific basis whatsoever. This is the history that they hid from you and me. You didn't hear this in Sunday school. I know it. I sure did. You definitely did not hear any of this controversy of the brethren fighting the brethren in seminary. I didn't. And I know you didn't. You were taught something entirely different, which was as bald face a lie as Joseph Fielding Smith was being. That's what happened to us. That's why I present this material. This is important because if I can't trust the church to tell the truth, then I can't trust the church. Full stop. There is no, oh, you need to use your faith. No. Full stop. Done. I'm not putting up with it. That's how this works. That's how rational, honest, truth-loving people respond. And that's why I've responded this way. Because this was entirely mishandled. So, anyway, yes, he called Sterling Talmadge, writing to Apostle Talmadge in June, said, for several years I've been annoyed and irritated by Joseph Fielding Smith. He said, actually, those terms are too mild. Affronted and challenged would be better. Uh, by the type of thing you mentioned regarding no death on the earth, etc. While he had re refrained in the past from branding such doctrine as ignorant dogmatism, he felt motivated to do so now. Ignorant dogmatism is what the doctrine of the church is. Because Joseph Fielding Smith became the high horse. He became the big dog there in Salt Lake City. And everything he spoke was the word of the Lord. And it was ignorant dogmatism. Like I said, I've got evidence God even himself made a mistake by letting Joseph Fielding Smith become the prophet. Yeah, now that's ugly. But that's the history. That's the history right here, this book. And I'm skimming through the article. I'm not giving you all the intimate, detailed, juicy stuff either. So anyway, wow. So. Oh, and. <laughs> Here we go. Here's another. Sterling Talmadge also became my hero when I first read this article. James raised a very fine son. Joseph Fielding Smith, eh, not so much. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Sterling Talmadge. <laughs> oh, my. Rather than involve himself in the already sensitive pre-Adamite debate, Sterling felt he could make his point just as well by dealing with another aspects of Smith's remarks. In the Genealogy Society address under the subheading, Miracles Are Not Inconsistent with Reasons, Smith had discussed Joshua's command to the sun to stand still in the Old Testament, Joshua 10, 12 through 14. He explained this miracle by asserting that the Lord had stopped the earth's rotation. The chaotic, centrifugal effects science would expect from such a phenomenon, Smith asserted, were avoided by slowing the earth down gradually. Oh my God! 
God, this is a grown, mature man, you guys. I mean, wow. Holy cow. To Sterling, this was so absurd that it will not stand the test of fifth grade arithmetic. Thank God somebody saw that and said so. Wow. Unreal, man. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, more shenanigans. Some of the authorities have made statements that are not worthy of belief. No, but they're worthy of truth. See, Joseph Fielding Smith, all he was worried about was belief. He had no interest in truth. None of them do. Nowadays, it's gone from belief to money, right? <laughs> you got to look at their examples. What they believe here, they will pursue and do. They have hundreds of billions of dollars. That's where their God went. Seriously, that's not mocking them. That's telling you where their truth lies in mammon. Now, unfortunately for them, there's a scripture that says you can't serve both God and mammon. They apparently don't get that. That's over their heads. That's too deep for them to grasp. A simple, basic kindergarten, either or proposition, is too difficult for them to grasp. They still believe Jesus comes and gives them revelation while they hoard billions and hundreds of billions and not help out the rest of the world. They still believe they're Jesus's special, holy, second anointed, soon-to-be Elohims. True story. <laughs> it's amazing. This was in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. We're at 2022. And there you have it. Wow. Quite an eye-opener, huh? Smith was out of place in referring to scientists as miserable fools as he had once in the past and should not discourse in areas in which he was not informed, is what Sterling Talmadge said about Joseph Fielding Smith. And they, they kept writing back and forth and going back and forth. And there, there are so many silly details um, and the first presidency is always called in to settle the controversy. And they were probably getting sick and tired of all the shenanigans, of course. Um, and they were afraid of rankling the authorities of the church. And, of course, the argument is that in later Smith's articles, he was misapplying scriptural quotations incorrectly and this is a grown mature man and i mean you can see his diatribes about science we know he hid the first vision so there's no way in freaking hell he can actually understand scripture we're well, well aware of that and of course he said god wouldn't let man on the moon and shortly thereafter man went to the moon defying joseph Fielding smith's logic and god's prohibitiveness of going to the moon we did it anyway so you can tell what kind of a dingling we're dealing with, right? Well, these guys had to deal with him in live. So, I mean, we can empathize with him. But he constantly bolstered and kept writing his ridiculously idiotic literal interpretation of Scripture for absolutely no positive outcome and benefit of any kind, except pissing off everybody. And that's when the First Presidency said, look, we, we have had it, man knock it all off. And then Talmadge and Roberts and those guys, they died. So Sterling was there to take on Joseph Fielding Smith by himself. Sterling Talmadge, James Talmadge's son. So, uh, and the extended debate generated by Roberts' manuscript ended inconclusively. Uh, church leaders did not want to encourage the theological speculation, which it would have engendered, but if they discouraged speculative discussion, they at the same time refused authoritative pronouncement. And that is the muddle the church has never gotten out of since.
they with all the mighty, powerful revelation of the creator of the universe themselves don't have a clue. Now, that's one of those things that make you go, hmm, right? Yeah, yeah. The bullshit proceeds forward out of Salt Lake. John Witzel, amidst the controversies of the early 30s, expressed his frustration as having been afflicted with these questions of science for a generation of time, and yet the brethren wouldn't help him. It seemed to him that it was high time that the church answer them definitively or declare that it does not know. And, of course, they took the ignorance path. But that is, after all, the covenant path, right? I'm I'm just saying I'm, I'm just saying you know so despite decades old infighting for authority to speak in the name of the church about science neither the issues of science nor those associated with doctrinal authority have yet been resolved and this was written 25 years ago and it still hasn't been resolved <laughs> wow, you know, ship without a rudder is what we're seeing here, essentially. So anyway, uh, that's basically what I wanted to cover. I've been going a little bit over an hour. So uh, I'm going to call it good for tonight. Uh, I do have, oh, hey, Dega Vertigo. Welcome. Uh, I do have two extra videos I'm going to try to upload besides my two next live sessions tomorrow in the morning at 10 and tomorrow night at, at 6 p.m. And I will continue and, and try to wrap up this science versus Mormonism where science really has the upper hand and it has never changed so that Mormon scholarship is trying to accommodate to the science. And that's very important to see. So God created the scientists in his creation, and they have outsmarted him, apparently, because he certainly won't speak through the brethren in Salt Lake City. My suspicion is he's now given revelation to the scientists. That's why they always win the war. And the poor brethren who were chasing after their false god of mammon can't figure it out. But, hey, they talk it up a lot. You know, it's, it's all bleh, 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 you know. Believe in us because, of course, we tell the truth. How do we know that? Well, because we say so. They can't figure out the circularity. So we'll let them wallow in their ignorance, and we'll see more of it here coming up in general conference here in about a week and a half or so, of which we all are going to be doing. Nemo, I'm sure, is going to comment on it. I certainly will. I do believe Bill Real and RFM will be. RFM, watch his podcast. He'll be doing. Uh, John DeLynn, he'll be doing it. Mormon Stories is alive and well. He's still going strong. He may be slowing down a little, but he's still here. So, so anyway, keep track, and we will see you in the morning. Uh, in the meantime, have a great afternoon for the rest of the afternoon, and have a good evening. And I'm going to call it good now. I love all of you. Thanks for showing up. It's been great to see you having so much fun together in the uh, in the chat. And we'll see you in the morning, 10 o'clock. Be good, do well, have fun, sleep well, dream nice, stay happy, etc. Hasta la vista, baby.